From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 447, and today's show is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, I think. You know, I'm, I'm writing more, which is good. I've inked up Back on a it. second and a... Th- yeah, I've inked up a second and now a third fountain pen. This escalates quickly. What, are, what is two and three? Tell me. <laughs> two is the Auto Hut Design 03. Okay. With Mont Blanc Petrol Blue. So Oh, I remember that's this. That's a pen that I was set up to review mm-hmm. right before I broke my wrist. And I hadn't done any of the writing samples for it. Mm-hmm. And that pen deserved, you know, it's like some good writing samples. So I just basically... Put it on hold till I was back to writing normal again. So now it is back and I'll be reviewing that next week on the blog. And actually, we'll probably talk about that next week on the blog because I think it's interesting. I'm intrigued because I don't know why I should be excited about it. Because, yeah. you know, I've I've tried Auto Hot products in the past and haven't been mm-hmm. super into them. Um, Agreed. And so I'm and, and I remember when we were looking at this. I think we were both a little bit like, oh, okay, right? Like the design of it is simple but classic. So I'm yeah, intrigued to like, see what you think about it. I didn't know they made a pin that looked like this until our yeah. friend Dries at the Pencil Case blog did a review of it. I was like, oh, really? This is part of their product lineup. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now I'm interested. You know, now maybe we can have a conversation. So we'll save that topic for a future podcast. I also inked up... Should I tell you? I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold this. I'm gonna hold the third one because it's gonna come up in our conversation. Okay. Later. Well, I'm looking at your um, Instagram well, right now, so uh, I've got a pretty well, good guess as to what it is. Well, yeah. So, but it's part <laughs> of the bigger conversation uh-huh. that I want to have today around pricing. Okay. You ready? To, you ready to get into this? Yep. Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts I've had in the past week, and in relation to price increases. And this came about because of Sailor's approximately 30% price increase on the North American. Um, 2021 20, pen of the year. 2021 pen of the year. Monte Grappa. So, um, and this isn't like a specific diatribe on, on Sailor. Like what they did was perfectly fine, right? I had more. I don't have problems with what. I have problems with how and things like that. So, just to recap, you know, Sailor new directive to this is i guess i should clarify this is sailor north america uh, where I, this price increase showed up was a 30 percent price increase on you know these new 1911 and pro gear models and so the question was hey this is about 30 percent. that's a big increase what's the deal so they didn't answer that in their first post and then came out with a video on instagram earlier this week saying you know it's well, the pandemics, you know, hurt all businesses and gold prices are gone up, which they have. So, like, perfectly valid. Like, I'm not knocking the price increase. Um, businesses have to do that, right? Like, you know, many companies are going to have price increases for 2021. Pelican, Pilot, Platinum. You know, probably a whole list of companies are going to have price increases this year. But I guess my wish is, which is a pipe dream is that everyone would take more of a Pelican path to these announcements. So what Pelican does is once a year, usually at the beginning of the year, the announcement comes from the corporate office, not the distributors. They lay out a chart of the entirety of their product price increases on 
every product line that they have and the reasoning behind these increases. You know, is it raw materials costs? Is it the cost of doing business in the pandemic? On and on and on. And they throw it out there from the highest level, right? You're not getting this from the distributor. You know, the the corporate business is is taking that conversation and taking that hit, saying, here's what it is, here's why, and that's it. Like, cool, we're done now, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the surprises are not very fun from a customer perspective when you see, holy cow, why did this happen? And there's crickets, you know? So, I wish... You know, my my dream scenario would be like, why couldn't Sailor just come out with that? And well, that's probably not a very Japanese thing to do. We're going to talk about that more. Um, and no one, I mean, no one wants to hear about a price increase, right? As as consumers are like, oh, 10 more percent for Pelican. But, you know, that's part of the business. You know, um, Sailor chose to do it in a new product reveal. Just didn't even mention the price increase, just gave a new number that was such an outlier, it kind of took me and a, a lot of people back aback, and there was no conversation around that, right? No commentary on a 30% price increase that got dropped out of the blue. Then you have other companies, our good friends at Platinum Mike, who raised the price exorbitantly, removed the retail discount off the MSRP, and say this pin, this is the uh, Sheen from last year. You know our, our purple platinum pin that I was all up in arms about. Uh, <laughs> and they removed the twenty percent discount off MSRP, and tell customers that they're not going to discount that pin. Then they don't sell enough of that pin, and then they discount the pin. So now it's currently twenty percent off off MSRP. Like, what kind of relationship are you building with your customer base when you do that? So. <laughs> pricing is always always fun to talk about and what i want to focus on today i think is kind of the bigger picture of raising prices and how it affects retailers and eventually us as consumers because that's where my concern lies okay right like these are just like these are my general thoughts like i'm not an expert in this and every business has to run or how it has to runs and every business is is it's completely acceptable to raise prices as your yeah as your costs increase. So if you have any feedback on like any of the rest of this conversation or any of this conversation at all, please let me know. Like I'm no expert at this. So I just want to lay out kind of an example of what I'm thinking about to kind of get to an in-game question that I have and that I, I'm thinking about. So let's just imagine. 10 manufacturers raised their prices in 2021, like stationary manufacturers, right? And all those manufacturers raised their prices, say, from like 10%, like a Pelican, to 30%, like Sailor. There's just a whole range of a bunch of companies raising prices. It could be because of the global pandemic. The cost of doing business is now greater, right? Which Mm -hmm. is valid. The cost of raw materials is valid, right? You know, gold is not an infinite resource. Gold is also tied into global monetary markets, which is a whole nother conversation that I have no no ability to speak about uh, consistently. But, you know, and a lot of these bigger companies also use distributors. So like, the distributors are kind of in the middle there, but I'm not sure that like the distributor model matters for this discussion. What I think does matter is that the retailers not only have to absorb a few price increases, but 
a bunch of price increases, right? So how does, let's just call them Retailer X. How, Retailer X is now absorbing Sailor's price increase and Pelican's price increase and Pilot's price increase and Platinum's price increase. Well, they don't have to absorb brand. them. Right. So that's part of the conversation, right? right? They don't have to. But they're getting hit with the, the, these huge group of increases and they have decisions to make then, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe... You know, if I'm just using Sailor, for example, not, you know, no commentary on that. But what if they can only order 20 pins now instead of 30, right? So their capital is tied up in fewer, uh, in lesser inventory, right? And then that extrapolates across the board for every product that they carry, or maybe they decide, like you say, to drop them. So in theory, the profit's the same, Right. Well, I wasn't saying about dropping. My point was they could just increase the price to the consumer, the distributor. But yes, which they we're already assuming that's baked in. Right. All retailers are going to are playing from the same playbook. Right. Right. So because they would then they will not be allowed to sell the products if they do not play by the playbook. Mm-hmm. That's a whole another conversation. So now retailer X has 20 units instead of 30. And those 20 units are 30% more than last year's units. And do they lose sales because there's lesser options? Do they sell less because the price is more? And then does that compound across every product line that they sell, right? So now so many prices are getting raised. So much capital is getting tied up. And then you can't forget that the consumer also has to agree to pay the new price, right? What if you can't, what if you're buying, you're spending the same amount of pens that gets you less pens, spending the same amount of money as a retailer, you're getting now 20 pens instead of 30. But the consumer now has decided, well, that's a bridge too far on the prices. You know, just a, a couple of years ago, there was a Japanese pen super fan, you know, let, let's call him Brad. And I would, I would happily buy, you know, two or three sailor pens, you know, maybe a platinum pen, you know, one of the limited editions or a new pilot pen. And, you know, I have a pretty good budget. Like I spend a lot on fountain pens Mm -hmm. and that budget might be the same this year for me, but now that budget gets me three pens instead of five pens. And I wonder how this affects retailers because they have maybe less inventory. They maybe have less turnover in inventory. And does this continue to compound as prices continue to rise? I don't, I don't know. I think I'm just I'm saying this out loud because I don't have an answer. But this is what I think about, right? When you get hit with a swath of price increases that are getting passed down from corporate to distributor to retailer to the consumer. Mm-hmm. In the end, we're the ones making the decisions to buy the product, and now my money doesn't go as as far. I mean, and this is this is the story of the economic world, right? And you know, ever since we've we've traded, you know, um, traded money for products, right? Prices go up. Consumers have a decision to make. But we also got to remember we're in a luxury market here. We're in a non-essential luxury market here, right? So. 
the manufacturers that have raised all these prices, well, guess what? They're they're not the only ones who had a tough time during the pandemic. What about the consumers? Consumers, you know, weren't popping bottles during the pandemic, you know? So the manufacturers, okay, sure. Your price, your cost of business uh, went up during the pandemic, but the spending power of the consumer also went down. Well, that's, I mean, I'm being, I want to be realistic with you. That's dependent. That's not, that's not universally true. Like there is definitely right. a lot of people that their spending power changed, but mm-hmm. realistically, a lot of people who have stable work have more disposable income right now because they're not spending money on outdoor luxuries. I agree. And that's why in 2020, we saw pen retail do okay. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a luxury good well, I that people it, could... I bet it did better than okay for some people. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, like for me, getting into new hobbies, people got into new hobbies. They wanted things to do, and retail therapy was a way mm-hmm. to do that. And any business that was already real uh, well established for online sale had the opportunity to do well. And I expect, I expect quite a lot of pen retailers did do pretty well. I agree. 100% agree. But I'm also looking, you know, three to five years down the line. Yes. And that's the conversation I want to have today because prices are increasing today. The cost of doing business improves in two years. The cost of gold drops 20%. Are we going to get a a decrease in in prices? Are retailers going to come out and say, hey, we're dropping the price 10% this year. Get you some of that. No, well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, oh, so th- they're I think- not. There, that's there's no. It depends on that one. They're absolutely not. Well, there would be if sales declined after the price increases. They would reduce right. the prices. Right. So, like, that's the position. I think we're just starting to find out right now. Yeah. Right. Because the prices are raising across the board. My expectation, Brad, is there is still a flexibility in the top level of price that a lot of uh, pen companies could charge for their products and I think that they're going to try and start finding that out I think it it I think for a lot of products in a lot of uh, from a lot of the larger companies there is a there is a 10 to 20 percent margin gain that they could see if they really mm-hmm. wanted to push it they, mm-hmm. they're going to upset some people mm-hmm. but I yeah, think that these are the market forces <clears throat> at play. Yeah, and let's be clear that they're going to upset some people. That's a super tiny fraction. Don't think I don't understand mm. the tiny fraction of business that we are to any of these um, manufacturers, well, right? I think like one of the things is, though, a lot of people don't notice. I wouldn't notice because I don't mm. like pay super attention to how much was this sailor product before like i judge mm-hmm. every product on its price as i see it right right and for me and i expect for a lot of people as somebody that really loves products by brand x or y i would be willing to pay a little more because i already know i love it so much so i already know the value exchange yeah. and you know what was the difference in that 1911 about 30 percent and so what did that work out to be? 
Um, I got it right here. So the new one is $392. The previous one was $312. Yeah, you see, I would look at that. Right? So that's, that's a year too over much. year increase. Three ninety two. Where I would be like, oh, I don't know, because but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think to myself. I don't know if I'd think to myself necessarily like that's more than before. I would just look at it and be like, ah, this one I'll <laughs> skip for three ninety two. But if yeah. it was like three thirty two, I wouldn't notice. We're not even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's I agree what that there's my point to you year. is is not so much arguing. Uh, for sailors increase specifically it's more kind of if we're looking at the economics of this industry i think that there is room to to play but i mm-hmm. think that these specific increases for sailor are too much 30 percent is a lot to do at once but i yeah. think you could get 10 to 20 percent increase in without too many people batting an eyelid. Yeah. And these, these the sailor in particular, those are coming top down from sailor corporate, right? Yeah. This is going to be a, across the world price increase for the pen products. I don't know about the, the other products that they sell. Well, maybe this is a director from <clears throat> the, the uh, proposed new ownership. Yeah. And yeah, let's be clear. Like these big companies have are responsible to their shareholders. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be perfectly clear and, when and I talk about And we know about... sailor has not been making money. <laughs> right. Right. So they have to raise prices. I have no problem with the raising prices, but I think it's fair to ask what pressure does this put on retail and consumer Mm. in the next few years? Like today, it's not a problem. Like we, this is luxury good was pretty stable in a global pandemic. Yep. I would say. Yep. So that bodes well for the future, but I think there's gonna there's a tipping point. Like it's yep. starting to feel different to me. Like I'm a very feel <laughs> type of person, right? Like I it's starting to feel that certain pens are no longer worth the money that I want to spend. And I spend a lot of money on pens. And I've bought, you know, very, very expensive pens that I was happy to pay a lot of money for. Mm-hmm. But I think the the tides are kind of turning a little bit. So I don't know. I just I guess I just wonder where this leaves us like in the next few years. Like not today, right? Like price I mean, it's inevitable that prices are going to go up. But I think the scale and scope are starting to make me a little bit nervous in the grand scheme for stationary consumers. Mm. So does this mean that, you know, Twisby blows up because they make a good product at a, a, you know, more expensive price and their prices go up. Right. But it's a different scale. Like, I don't know. I don't know how this plays out and maybe nothing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I, I don't know, but like this price range where sailors at now it was already an expensive product now it's an even more expensive just makes me think about how many price increases we can handle as a retail and as a Mm. community Mm. so i don't know i don't have any answers i don't have any answers behind that but it's it's starting to feel different to me in the prices that we're seeing so um i guess that's it like i like i could ramble like forever like you know, I, I just because I don't know, but I'm what I'm saying is it it feels different. Like it started kind of with that platinum price increase last year. 
It's mm. like, what are, what are they doing? Like, price increase is one thing, but like, I don't know, it was like 50 or 70% increase. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening here? And then you have to go back on your word because you, you overshot, right? They went back on their word. They just did. Right. So I don't know what that means. Like, what are they trying to do? And I don't know. I overthink these things, but I just want this to be like a healthy retail environment. But I also understand that it's a global retail environment and a luxury goods, non-essential retail environment. So there's a little bit different rules, but I'm starting to get uncomfortable with some of the pricing. And like, we're going to talk about some expensive pens later in this show. And it's like, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So I'm just, I guess I'm just, it's really hitting home seeing some of these numbers here recently. All right, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can make your next move. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project and give you all of the tools that you're going to need to make it shine. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. That means there's nothing to install, there's nothing to patch, there's nothing to upgrade. They take care of everything for you so you don't have to. Squarespace have got you covered and they back it up with award-winning 24-7 customer support. Both me and Brad have been Squarespace customers for like 10 years at this point because it's so flexible. It has all of the features that you're going to want and they keep adding new stuff all the time. There's so much, like when we started using Squarespace, they didn't have a commerce platform, but they do now. They didn't have domain registration, but they do now. They do email campaigns. They do everything. No matter what type of website you want, whether you want something for fun or whether you want to build a business, maybe you've got something for your, you know, your your second uh, thing that you're working on, right? Like this is, again, was the same for both of us. When we started out our sites, we had day jobs and then we had this thing on the side that we really cared about and we really wanted to make that work and Squarespace is the perfect place for projects like that blog for functionality portfolio functionality store functionality so much more all built in to their beautiful award-winning templates that you can customize go and try it out for yourself go to squarespace.com slash pen addict and you can sign up for a trial with no credit card required and their plans start at just $12 a month if you use the offer code pen addict to check out you'll get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and show you support for this show that's squarespace.com slash pen addict and the code pen addict for 10% off your first purchase our thanks to squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of relay fm squarespace make your next move make your next website i am very curious about this next topic mike because this came about like last year's came about and this is platinum's next limited edition pin that they've been working on you know this is in the shiyun Kumpu, Shungyo category of the annual big release. And this one, um, this one's called Kinshu. It looks like it's like a maple leaf, autumn leaves type of thing. Very nice, deep red, uh, red and like kind of red and gold, like a, you know, like a fall, fall uh, landscape picture, you know, sunset or sunrise. It, it's very, very pretty. Um, what I don't know is the pricing on this because I'm seeing the documentation, like the PR doc, and I couldn't find a better version than the one I found on Twitter. It's also like given the the texture of the pen, you can't really see it in these images. Yeah, so the images are low quality. Yep. But it's the full PR doc like we saw for the Shiyun, right? Like it's the same purple, 
you know, lay, it's the same layout as all the Platinum's documents. It I don't have any legit. reason to believe. Yeah, this is the same account that had the had the one last year that I got all, all also, kinds of trouble for. I mean, no one's faking this. I mean, like, come on. There's yeah, no, yeah. I don't think there's any money in faking Platinum yeah. pen <laughs> and I And I think it was about this time of year they announced the Shiyun, right? It was, you know, they do announce them a few months before they go on sale generally. So, um, it looks beautiful. I'm the only thing I'm concerned is like, what's, what, what's the pricing going to be this year? Like I would be shocked if it was more than last year because there was such a massive increase last year. Um, but yeah, that looks like it's going to be the next really big limited edition to come out for platinum. Mm. Um, I couldn't find any more. Like I, I was, I was breaking out all the Google foo last night, and I couldn't get there uh, to get any more information with that. But I wanted to put it in the show notes so y'all can see what it looks like and uh, start budgeting now if you are interested in picking that up. It's funny how similar this looks to the next one that I want to bring on, Mike. And this one confused me and caught me off guard, and I didn't know what's happening here, and I'm not sure that I still do. But this is the Sailor Pro Gear, Pro Gear Slim Cocktail Number Two Negroni. Mm-hmm. So Sailor last year kind of—I don't know if they wrapped up uh, the cocktail series with the ten pin set that they released last year. You recall that, Mike? They were they yeah. would release the cocktail series pins, you know, like one a year, and like for the past ten years, and then at the end they released a set of ten. Yep. Negroni is outside of that. It's new. It's also a European exclusive. It's also on the old pricing. So <laughs> I don't know where this falls in line, but it hasn't, it's been announced. It hasn't launched yet. I think like sites are doing pre sales. This one's killer looking. Like this is, this is, this is my kind of. Pen I love right it. Here. I yeah. love it. It's like a deep red, like almost burgundy mm-hmm. um, body with orange finial and a cap. Like to put, what's, what, what do we call the top of the cap? Is that a I just call too? them finial. I just call the whole thing the finial. Okay. Like so the, two end, the ends of the pins. Yeah. yeah. Orange. Nice there's, bright orange. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the, I'll, I'll call it sometimes like the, the anchor that's on the top of this, like the anchor logo, like the top disc in the finial. I don't right. know. Like I don't know the real, real terminology, but I just call the ends This website, so, Pluma calls them barrel end buttons. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Barrel end buttons. I'm in. So the barrel end buttons are orange. So this is a European only release. I, it's I think it's great looking. Like I'm I'm not interested in buying it, but I think it's awesome, right? I just don't need another Pro Gear Slim you know, as great as the color is, mm. or at least without selling a bunch of them. Um, so yeah, like, but now I'm confused. I was like, they haven't started to sell these yet, and it's on the old pricing, so I guess it falls in. You know, they made all these decisions pre price increase i don't know i shouldn't i shouldn't care right like i shouldn't care about these things but i can't help but like think i was like where does this price fall <laughs> so i can't help it your pricing focus right now yeah yeah well as as now i'm i'm going to switch pricing focus into product focus because i think this is the most interesting link this week mike and it is the changes we're going to see in Kaveco's limited editions. <laughs> Have you had time to even remotely catch up on what they're doing? I looked at the doc- at the links that you put in the document this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last year, we saw this huge increase of Kaveco 
custom colorways for, you know, it could be a country colorway, it could be a shop colorway, it could be a region colorway. And Kaveco, I think, at the time, got caught, like, over-promising colors, right? Like, making similar colors for different regions and, you know, kind of duplicating some things. So they decided that, hey, we can do that, but we're going to give these products a name and we're going to etch the name on the barrel like the... What was it the the Paladin Evergreen, mm. right? You remember that one, Mike? Mm-hmm. The, the that was the first one. Then they had this espresso one that's out now in the U.S. The Evergreen was like a Dutch only uh, release or something like that, and it was just it was weird, right? It felt weird, and uh, <laughs> how they were doing that. Guess what, Mike? They're not going to be doing that for going forward for at least 2021. So apparently, Kaveco is now saying that was an experiment. Oh, um, an experiment. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that means it was a failed experiment. It was a failed experiment is what it was. <laughs> because what they're going to do now, let me see if I can read this. And this is from uh, uh, Kaveco. Um, this, this was the... So we're about to share a link of what's coming. So mm-hmm. it says these sneak preview items, which should not have been shown yet. This is from uh, uh, a Kaveco uh, employee on um, on Facebook that a friend sent me these links. Just like all future special special colors, no more exclusivities and confusion. Just logo branded ones are excluded from this. So that would be like your shop ones. Um, so what they're doing is there is now the Kaveco Collection series. Which I think is better. Like I, this just came out today. You'll start seeing it. Um, I've seen U.S. and European retailers put out the new Kaveco collection pins on there. So the way I understand this, if it's coming from Kaveco and it's a special edition, it is part of the Kaveco collection series, and that is now stamped on the barrel, Mike. So the barrels instead of like the. The light light lavender one, which is uh, the sport one, it doesn't say Kaveco Sport or Kaveco Classic on it. It says Kaveco Collection. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the violet one, which is the um, the aluminum model, which is the AL Sport. It doesn't say Kaveco AL Sport. It says Kaveco Collection. Yeah, but why does it on, also say Germany there? Well, I think they've the, always said Germany. Well, but not on the plastic one. Mm-hmm. The plastic yeah, one know. says Kaveco Collection, and then the aluminium one says Kaveco Collection <laughs> Germany. I have no just, idea. I, no matter what they that. do, they cannot. They just can't. <laughs> I will say I, this is much better. Kaveco Collection, better. the word collection is styled exactly the same as the Kaveco logo. Yes. Uh, they've done, you know, it's it's it works now. Yeah, last year they were using different fonts. For, My problem was like, always the fonts, not the words. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, Correct. And It just this, screwed with the design. Looks, it's much more in-keeping. Uh, and also, I like that they are distinguishing between Kaveco Special Editions and Kaveco Special Editions for other people. Yes. I so like those that. are now... The two categories instead of whatever they were trying to do. I think they were break, trying to break it down too far mm-hmm. and just kind of got caught like this isn't working. Like this, we got to stop this. We need to refocus and refine 
what our limited editions are going to be. And I think this is the, I, I like this a lot better. Mm-hmm. So like one of the links in the show notes will have to the new Galen leather color. Like they did a beautiful cognac last year. They're doing a bar- beautiful purple this year. So Galen still can do whatever colors they want because it's going to be stamped with their brand on it. Like the store brands are going to be different than the Kaveco collection exclusives. Right. So in that so, way, it's likely to have, I don't know what, like Kaveco on one side and Galen leather on the other side. Yes, they usually mm-hmm. do it on the opposite side nice. facet. So mm-hmm. you'll have the Caveco and then whichever, say it's a store that they work with, that goes on the opposite side. Nice. Which in the past, a lot of the store exclusives just had like Caveco Sport and it was the color, right? That's where it started to become a problem um, for Caveco in differentiating, hey, what are we <laughs> what are we exactly creating here? Yeah. Um, so as, as a product. So I, I like this. I think this is a good decision. Uh, it didn't take them too long to get there. They only had a few, <laughs> they only had a few named releases out there that just kind of didn't really hit. Like they, it was just kind of felt weird. It looked weird. And I, they've made up for it with this. And of course they crushed it on these new colors, right? If you're going to come out with a change, come out with like a really super sweet color then everyone will just go ooh, pretty colors i don't care what you call it give me that one so mm-hmm. i like it um but yeah these are i guess starting pre-orders now kind of worldwide i haven't looked at the prices to see if these prices have gone up i actually haven't seen any pricing on these because it was just coming out last night and i didn't have totally have time to dig it but dig into it but now that um stores are starting to promote them this morning um we'll start to see the prices so Speaking of prices, I wanted to, I was debating on putting this in there, and it's the new Leonardo Ebonite pen. So it's the it's called the Musis Ebonite Collection, and I am just in love with these pens. Right, they're just very beautiful. I love Ebonite. Not everyone loves Ebonite. There's, you know, Ebonite can be finished in different ways. It can be manufactured in different ways to where it's light or heavy um it can be polished to be shinier or dull so there's lots of range it's not as they're not as bright colors as acrylics but the feel is really really awesome and i just wanted to to point out these leonardo's because i my i had a question and i i didn't get time to research this enough i haven't really seen ebonite pens made with this much hardware interlaid between sections of the ebonite so usually if you see an ebonite pen it's more singular barrel right it's like a singular piece of ebonite and then another singular piece for the cap and i'm sure plenty of other companies have have broken up the ebonite and had like the cap bands and the belly bands and all the different hardware interspersed like it's definitely the leonardo hardware everything you've ever seen in a leonardo hardware is in here and i was just curious if any other companies that did that because you you get like a sailor it's like a big piece of ebonite and you see other brands like if you get it from a boy it's like a big piece of ebonite you know they might add a clip or something like that these are very Seems to be like a very more complex build, but it's exactly what Leonardo has always offered. They're also nine hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wait, how much? <laughs> That's why I wanted to bring it up. They're nine hundred dollars. Okay. Well, I of, mean that makes sense. I mean, well, I'm, forty of each of four colors, so like, it's not many pens. Sailor Ebonite King of Pens are like 
fifteen sixteen hundred. Like it's expensive. I'm not surprised, right? Yeah, that price is not surprising to me because ebonite is one of those materials that you'll pay a lot for. Mm. I've never gotten it really. Uh, Like I've never really gotten the appeal um, as to why I would want ebonite so much that I would pay that kind of money. Like that's never. It's never. Mm really worked out for me as a thing like i've never really considered like oh i want that pen because it's an ebonite pen mm-hmm. it's always been i want that pen because of what that pen looks like yeah and also for me most of the pens that i've ever appreciated that are ebonite have something else to them like they mm-hmm. have a rushi work and so it's not the ebonite that i care about you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's the rushi that's done on top of it um i would expect that one of the reasons that you typically don't see so much furniture on an ebonite pen is because typically the brand will let the ebonite be the star. Yes. Right? Right. That's fair. Yeah. So it may be more complicated to do it this way. Maybe they, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. I, d- I don't know. Like Maybe mm-hmm. their, their process just it doesn't really matter what the material is. They know how to make it work. But it is intriguing to me to see so much gold mm-hmm. interleaved with the design. I think one of the things about ebonite for me is these type this type of ebonite where I I don't again like I don't fully understand the the makeup of this material the way that I do mm-hmm. other materials again because I'm just mm-hmm. not very I'm not really that excited about it myself. But like the the design of these pens, they don't excite me because acrylics look so much more interesting to me. Yeah, I I think that's fair. It, it's a I don't want to say it's a, an acquired taste for ebonite. It's a diff, It's a completely different taste, right? It's a completely different feel. Like what? What? Why would I? Why would I appreciate? this pen like what is it feels completely different than an acrylic pen okay like just in weight and temperature um Mm, you know it's just kind of you know it's 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 hard to explain like is it heavier than acrylic then it can be and it can't be right it depends on how dense you make the barrel walls so you can't answer that directly um, I have like a full size ebonite pen that I wouldn't say is more heavy than some of my acrylic pens and feel like I have an Aboya that's just basically a rod of ebonite, like no hardware except the nib, right? And it's not very heavy. Like it's not light, but it's stan- it's standard, right? It's right there in the middle. But you can get a thicker walled ebonite. Or you can get like a very a thinner like a thinner you start to run into trouble with ebonite because it's it's a hardened rubber product and I don't know you know maybe the modern processing of the of the materials makes it so it doesn't crack easily but that was historically an issue with ebonite and um, it's hard to get colors you usually don't see a lot of color in ebonite which is what makes these stand out right these are considered bright for ebonite colors which is what which is what draws me like the green yellow one like i'm not gonna buy one of these pens they're way too expensive for me i wouldn't use it enough to to justify the price but like the the kind of the green yellow one like you don't see that color in ebonite 
like with streaks and stripes. That's why I like the Ajoto ones when they came out. Um, they were so expensive, and that's like an air light ebonite. Um, so it just depends. So ebonite's one of those things you either it's it is kind of a love hate thing. Um, you know, people who like it swear by it, and people other people, you know, not to put words in your mouth, it's just not like it doesn't pop enough, right? It's a different material, so they choose not to you know, own those pens because they, they just don't really fit my aesthetic style. And, uh, but it's, it's a different feel of a pen. And, uh, I just wanted to point these out cause they, I think they're awesome. Like I would love to try one of these out one day. Like I have no intention of owning one at that price. Like it's too crazy, but, um, I, I thought it was really pretty and I thought it was worth, uh, mentioning in the show notes because I of course love what Leonardo does. It's interesting. Um, it's been interesting to watch, Leonardo escalate things over the past couple of years. They have they have put the pedal to the metal, and that's one of the things I find interesting in the the bigger price con, con conversation. Right, they are not a corporation; they're a small maker essentially. Right, handful of employees they're on the up though. Yeah, so you know, like I I wonder where does that fall in the big picture of the 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 pricing conversation? You know, a few years down the line, because now they're into hey, this is you know. Let's see, what is that? Uh, 160 pens at almost $1,000 each. Like, that's a big jump from where they have been. And, but, like, that's their bespoke line or what they, they don't call it that but you know what i mean it's the it's the hey let's 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 make some magic here and see if we have the customer for that and it looks like they do based on the feedback so interesting stuff all right should we do some rstpa to finish out today's show yeah yeah let's knock out a couple we still have a really long list which is good um from yeah from when i asked for it and didn't answer that's like i'm really good at acquiring stpa and then not answering STPA. You're a yeah, I haven't checked if our hockey friends have been uh, dabbling in our <laughs> in our spreadsheet, but uh, <laughs> because that's how behind we are. Up. And yeah, I think uh, I'll let you read this, but this is uh, a good relevant STPA for today's show. Well, now I'm needing to check if the hockey is back. <laughs> are they in here anywhere? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Has anyone? Back. Has anyone asked them a question, though? Because it's only them spamming ask us questions at Ask TPA. We've never gotten a question for them. And let's see if I can answer it. No, there's just <laughs> still no questions. Tweet, <laughs> then somebody repeat, like, uh, somebody kind of retweet, retweet. And then two more retweets. Yeah, no one's answering the call for hockey questions. The first question we get, Mike, is going in our list, and I'm going to answer it. Oh, 100%. We're going to answer it, and then we're going to take a clip of the episode and send it to them. (laughs) It's guerrilla marketing, Brad. Yes, let's do it. All right, what does Joe Joe have to say? Joe says, I gave myself a little year-end bonus, and I want to splurge on a real nice pen. I'm thinking Canalea, but I'm open to suggestions. When we last spoke, I mentioned my current favorite pen is the Platinum President with a custom nib grind from Gina, and that's still true. I love my Pro Gear naturally, but it was, this budget I have is between 550 and $700 for uh, something special. Yeah, so this is almost a conversation I'd love to have one-on-one. And I, I know Joe, and he, he might have bought a pen by the time he's asked me yeah. this, this question. But this is this is the price point where you can do whatever you want. 
Like you can literally do whatever you want. So what do you want? Do you want, you know, a big bold nib where the nib is the star of the pen? Do you want the nib to be a great part of the pen, but do you want like a really unique material um, as as part of it? Do you want uh, a, a large capacity filling system or like some interesting filling systems like Visconti's or, you know, piston fillers like Pelicans and Aurora? So like I put down like a few just like brands. I would start just poking around and getting a feel. Like this is not a price point where you have to rush into it anything right the pins that are in this price point are generally available they're not you know like going away tomorrow or anything like that so you don't have to rush into these decisions but i put in pelican m800 um, especially some of their special editions they fall in that price range and i think they're just some of the most classic best writers like if you're going to spend money on there i know you just get completely everything you ever want in a Pelican, if you like those nib styles. Um, the Montegrappa Mia, not necessarily the one that I've been um, flaunting here recently, but they have some gold nib models and some different materials and some silver trim models. Um, I just like the shape and the materials of those. I'll eventually, like that might be something I get further down the line, you know, might upgrade my Mia into that. Um, I think you could go Nakaya in this range, right? You can get mm. the entry-level Piccolos and um, some of the other models. If that's That might not be a style you want um, because it's such a lightweight pen, and it's very, very different, and that's it's it's not for everybody. Uh, I think that, because I was going to say, like I like the, some of the suggestions you pointed out, but I think you made a point there that is important, I think. In a product like this, I think that there's something to be said for buying a pen from a brand you wouldn't normally buy from. Mm-hmm. And so, like like Pelican, maybe you don't. Nakaya, Montegrappa, you have Aurora in here too. Yep, I have the Aurora Optima or the 88. Like Those are, are really like, great pens. Really great pens from brands that are maybe not as prolific in certain ways. You know, like, if you like Platinum and you like Sailor, you probably own a few of them, and mm-hmm. like me, right? Right. And and I think like Joe, so you kind of get into that, and in, it seems like Joe is very into the Japanese market with mm-hmm. his tastes, like me. Yeah. So if maybe I wanted to buy something more special, I would look to Italy mm-hmm. or Germany. Yep, instead. that's a good point. Because it's going to be a pen that stands out in my collection compared to the stuff that I is maybe more my typical taste. Yep, exactly. Like I was going to say, well, if you like the Platinum President, Platinum has killer, killer Mackier and Arushi pens that are in that like six to $700 range. But is it that much different than the pen you like it's time to experiment hey maybe the pelican maybe the aurora maybe the montegrappa because they're going to look different but they're not going to write different yeah Uh, so like i'd be willing to have like a longer conversation like what specifically are you would you want to see out of this next pen like you know is it going to be like an everyday workhorse you know is it going to be you know, I, I I mean, I hope it's an everyday workhorse. Like we should, mm-hmm. if we're paying this money, we need to mm-hmm. use it. But, you know, so like, what are you trying to do 
with this pen. I was like, is it a work pen? Is it a journaling pen? You know, things like that. So this is like, this is the world is your oyster price point. You can do anything you want. Um, yeah, so it's awesome. So give me some, give me uh, some more feedback, Joe. If you if you still have questions and you hadn't broke down and, and bought anything yet. Uh, Professor Sass asks: The pen addict got me to stop falling in love with pens outside of my standard Signet Two Hundred Seven, and I've even recently started amassing a collection. But there are zero fountain pens in my collection, and I don't think I'm going to be adding any any time soon. Am I wild? Absolutely not. No. I think it's exceedingly normal. Take your time, if ever. Yeah. There's no rush. Mm-mm. Like, literally, like, if you don't ever need to purchase a fountain pen, and actually, I wish we talked about more non-fountain pens here, but there's just, we've talked about it in the past, like, the news moves fast and furious in the fountain pen world, whereas in the gel pen world or the ballpoint pen world, it doesn't necessarily move at that type of pace. No. So there's less things to talk about. And then you have a pen like the Signo 207 that's been around for a decade and it's not going anywhere and it's one of the best pens out there. What do you need that's better? There's right? only so, so many times we can talk about it. Yep. Yep. And like I, I put down here, like I love the Secura Pigma Micron. I don't know how long that pen's been around. It might be two decades, but like there's not a lot to talk about it more. And there's it doesn't mean it's not an awesome pen because it's not in the, in the hype train feeds. Right. Um, so you're not wild even remotely. I will say if you want to dabble, (laughs) this is how it starts. Get a platinum preppy. Like that's the pen. That's the closest to like, you know, your signos, like your finer gel ink pens. But if you like a wider tip pen, it it may not be for you. But like, if you wanted to just see what a fountain pen is all about, get something like a, um, you know, Platinum Preppy. That's like one of the first fountain pens Kukuyo. I ever bought. Yeah, like, but like the Preppy's like five bucks. Yeah, it's like it's practically the same as like the the high the more expensive jet streams on the shelves are practically five dollars. So Pilot it's just to play around with. Two. Um, well, they do the the penmanship and the plume V five. Someone I'm thinking of. I don't know if it's called that in oh, America. Oh no no no! It's the Varsity in the Pilot. That is not nearly as good a pen as the Preppy, but the Pilot Varsity, yeah. It's fine. It's a good pen, but like that one, I I hate people who try that as their first pen. It's very broad mm-hmm. and wet. Like it's cool, but but yeah. But for Professor Sass, you don't have to ever buy a fountain pen and be like a real true fan of pens and stationery. Absolutely yeah. not. And Ben asks, do you have any advice on choosing a metal pen with character? I'm considering a brass or copper body pen, maybe the Karas Retract or the Kaveco Sport. What should I know before I buy? And will the pen discolor in my hand as it patinas? So what you should know before buying a metal pen is that weight is going to wildly vary between brands and even within brands. Well, and the materials. Yeah, and then like between like brass and copper and stainless, there is going to be a weight differentiation. So, you know, something, let's just take a Kaveco sport. Like they have the brass sport, they have the stainless steel sport. Um, they patina, the the brass patinas very well. Um, the copper lily put, I don't know if they still make that one. Um, the copper is going to patina more than the brass in my experience. Um, but you you have to figure out the weight 
that you're you're looking at. So the bigger pen, say if you have a a Keras Retract is not a larger pen, you know, it's on the smaller side and that's a very nicely weighted pen. But then if you go into something like a bigger pen like a a Keras Ink, well that brass just it starts to get really really heavy and some people love that. You just have to decide, you know, whether you're going to want like the really heavy or just maybe a little bit heavier and i think like with the retract and the sport both of those are in the moderate range because they're smaller pocketable style pens do they smell (laughs) um in general yes yeah i I can't do brass and copper Mm -hmm. for myself because i can't stand the smell that it leaves on your hands so I, i would typically go with aluminium and Maybe titanium. Yeah. So they tend not to discolor your hands as it patinas, right? Because there's too much wear and too much friction Uh between your fingers and the pen to actually leave a color, but it does leave a smell. Some are stronger than others. Like some are, and I don't know enough about like the metal processing and the finishing process of metal to know how a difference can be made, but some are lighter. Like I don't find the Kaveco brass sport to like really stand out in, in, in the smell range. Yeah, I assume <laughs> that there's treatments that can but be But they done. do a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a range. Um the only the brass pen I use most regularly is the Y Studio brassing fountain pen and it has just like a pure brass grip section and it's only got like a tiny bit of scent that like if I really think about it I'll notice it but usually don't but then I've used like full size brass fountain pens that it's like or copper I think copper is probably stronger so um, copper probably has a stronger scent and it patinas more you're going to get a lot more character probably in copper Um, so yeah it's just you need to manage the weight and decide like if you're going to go with the smaller pens like the retractor the sport I don't think you're going to have any issue just like picking one up and going and um, enjoying it but if you get into bigger fountain pens then you need to start considering um, weight differences between brands and uh, go from there and they're assume they're all going to smell and (laughs) (laughs) and you just have to decide whether you can deal with that or not if you would like to send in a question for this show or for hockey advice, just send out a tweet <laughs> with the hashtag AskTPA. Uh, you can also send them into Brad via email at hello at penaddict.com. Penaddict.com is where you can find Brad's work. I'm looking forward to more reviews from you over the coming weeks, Brad. Yes, for sure. That's going to be exciting. Of course, I go to knock.co. What's going on at knock at the moment? Oh, man, we just uh, reissued a bunch of found cases, which was some good restock. Um, Most of it's gone through right now. The Wax Canvas Kickstarter project, I'm starting, I'm almost at halfway of receipt of goods, which means I'll be able to start shipping by the end of the month, end of February. And then we'll see what comes next. Hopefully have some new colors and some uh, products we haven't stocked in a while. So that's the plan. Moving and shaking. Uh, you can also find Brad streaming uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Uh, I also stream at mike.live as well once a week, typically on Fridays, also around 10 a.m. Eastern. 
Uh, you can find Brad online on Twitter. He is at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and Pen Addict on Instagram. And I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. If you want to find uh, links and information about some of the stuff we've spoken about in today's episode, they'll be in your podcast app of choice or at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 447. Thank you so much to Squarespace for the support of this episode. And thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>